Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, Mr. Benjamin Solak. Today in the final episode of our quarterback summer scouting series. So throughout the entire week, Ben and I have been giving you our scouting notes for a lot of the quarterbacks that we've been able to get eyes on here for the upcoming 2021 college football season going into the 2022 NFL Draft. And now it is time to rank them, put our money where our mouth is, if you will, Put them in order and, of course, inevitably be embarrassed by our rankings a couple of months. I was about to say a year from now, probably 10 months from now is probably the better way to say it when it all shakes out in the 2022 NFL draft. Ben, before we get going with the rankings, I have to ask, contractually, how are you, my friend? Everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. Uh, The come up continues. The health immaculate. The quarterback class not as much, but still delicious because those are the rules. Are there is there anybody that you wanted to give a shout out to that we didn't have a chance to go in depth and talk about over the week? Because there is somebody that we did not mention that I want to make sure that I I, I mention. I just didn't know if there was somebody else that popped in your head. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. Right, the quarterback out of Indiana. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, Michael Penix Jr., uh, lefty, Indiana quarterback. Indiana obviously did a great season last season. Penix was the man. Uh, very clearly an NFL-caliber talent. Now, has had three season-ending injuries in the last four years, if memory is serving me correctly. Uh, obviously, that makes it really difficult to have a lot of faith in what Penix is going to be able to do as a prospect, uh, the most recent injury was an ACL injury. Right. Uh, right. He's also, yeah, he's also had a, a shoulder injury in his red shirt fret or yeah, his red shirt freshman season. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a true freshman in 2019, he also had an ACL tear. And so, three season ending injuries in the past three seasons then 2019, 2020, and 2021. Uh, or, no, yeah, three in the last four. Uh, it's very tough to have a ton of faith in his health and availability as a pro prospect. With that said, movement skills are great. Accuracy down the field is nice. He's clearly a natural thrower. Manish Jr. deserves mention, um, but like I said, it's tough to have a lot of faith in him right now. So if we get a nice full season of Mike Penix, then I think that that maybe we start to have that conversation. But he's the sort of player who the most important thing he can do is show up for combine medicals in February and look good, Um, which I'm I'm not sure we'll get that from him. And that may be just inherently limiting, but God willing, it's not because he is a fun player to watch. I really liked him, man. I mean, he is, you said it there, he is a fun player to watch. You and I have had this conversation before and his style, how he plays and even his physical gifts in a lot of ways, especially from the arm, remind me a lot of Colin Kaepernick, like how Colin Kaepernick was when he mm. was really taking the league by storm. And so I think that if it's hard not to watch Michael Penix and he's even got the same build, you know, like he's got the longer limbs, he's got the longer throwing motion, but it's just a rocket when it comes off of his hand. And he doesn't have the rushing ability that Kaepernick did, but I feel like as a passer, they have a lot of similarities and man in a class where we're 
I don't want to say starving for arm talent. I think that's a little harsh. But when we're really looking for guys who could be head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to their arm talent, uh, Michael Penix Jr. would certainly be a player who you'd want to take a chance on uh, if we can get a full healthy season from him. I hope that that's the case because he is a really talented guy. All right, uh, top fives. Let's start as we always do with our number fives. We'll go back and forth. Then we'll get to our fours, our threes, our twos, and our number one. Yeah, five for me is Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty. I uh, think that right now you could draft Malik Willis and expect to get around what you got from Jalen Hurts last season. As I said, I think he's a little bit better of a runner, a little bit worse as a thrower. Uh, so that's 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 a round two player uh, in terms of how the, how the league valued him coming out. And that's obviously a guy who's given an opportunity to win a starting job. Uh, Hurts has some pretty legendary uh, work ethic and lifting, right? And kind of the build is crazy on him. That I think is also case with Malik Willis and so he's the sort of guy that you want to have faith in in that regard uh you 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 feel comfortable investing in him you feel comfortable giving him that opportunity Willis's biggest remaining Willis has got to get better as a passer if you want to see his stock rise above that uh you have people who listen to the show no I don't think Hertz is going to be able to lock down and win that job and so obviously you know if Malik were in the same situation I would have concerns about that as well so it has to get better as a passer but uh right now could go day two simply because the physical tools as a runner and as a thrower are just that enticing. Wait, you don't think that Hurts is going to win the job? I think Hurts is going to win the job. I don't think Hurts is going to hold down the oh, job. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I th- I thought that's what you meant. But if I misspoke, yeah, please excuse me. Yeah, but you said, like, I, di- I don't know if he's going to win the job, and I was like, oh, damn, Joe Flacco really coming out of nowhere? Nick Mullins that's coming cool, out from the, from the shadows to take this Philadelphia quarterback job? Last time a backup quarterback named Nick took over. Tell me what happened, Ben. Tell His me. His name is Joe. No, Nick Mullins. Oh, Nick Mullins. I totally forgot he was on the roster. Uh, yeah. He was on the Super Bowl, baby. Let's go. I actually like the Nick Mullins signing. I think he's, he's, he's a fun little backup. Go Birds. Number five for Birds. me. Uh, I won't talk about Malik Bullis because I'll talk about him in a second. Number five for me is Desmond Ritter. I talked about uh, yesterday when we were going through our best of the rest that Desmond Ritter was my favorite that I watched of that group. And I liked him more than some of the guys that we had watched earlier in the week. I'm, I guess, a little bit higher on his arm talent than than Ben was. I really felt like he had the arm to make a lot of different throws, uh, especially when it came to projecting him to the pro level. I thought his arm was well enough to where he can make a lot of really weird angled throws too. Like sometimes I saw him in situations where a pass rush is right in his face. He's side-arming it and he's putting it right where it needs to be in the money, right in the flat. And so, man, I was very encouraged by everything that he was able to do. Accuracy is the biggest issue. And as we spoke on yesterday, it's been an issue for Desmond Ritter his entire career. And when I say that, I don't just mean his college career at Cincinnati. I mean in high school too. He was more of a dual threat guy in high school. They used him a lot on the ground and, I think that his legs are a good weapon, too. He's certainly not just a guy who is like, oh, okay, like you're giving me uh, four or five yards, I'll take it, and then I'll slide. I mean, he's turning that into first downs. He's turning that into big chunk gains. He can really pick up a lot of yards on the ground. And last year was his best year when it came to accuracy and ball placement. And so if that is what we are working off of going into this, which will be his final year of college football, I think that's a really good sign. Um, especially in a class that, as you mentioned, it's it's not the it's not the best quarterback class in the world sitting here now. Sure, we're gonna you know three four months from now we're gonna be talking about a lot of these guys in the first round just because that's how it goes in the NFL. But give me Desmond Ritter, man. I, I really think that this is a player who you could bet on, um, who shows you a lot of 
moldable clay in a lot of different ways that you would it would be an exciting player to not so sure he's a day one starter in the nfl i think that'd be a little bit dangerous but he's a guy i'd like to take a bet on so he's he's who i have at number five yeah i respect the uh the flag plant there i uh, i i really like desert Ritter. i don't think i'm willing to that go that high on him uh i god i wish i could because i really like really, really like desmond ritter um i don't think that the I don't know if we're going to ever get the the accuracy we need from him as a passer, especially down the field. As I said, like I think like quick game RPO and, and running offense, you can get it done. But to me, that that's 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 limited. And I have I have more faith in a guy like Malik's running ability pushing mm-hmm. him over the edge. Um, but hey, I'm happy you got that faith in him because he's such a fun guy to root for. Who's next? Who's he got it for? <sighs> Carson Strong, quarterback, Nevada. Really, really, really fell for the kid uh, as we watched him. Oh, no, I did the kid thing, Frick. Really fell for the young man. <laughs> uh, as I watched him this week, uh, the more I watched him, the more I liked. thought he was a very natural thrower. thought he was probably the second best arm in the class of the guys that we watched uh, behind Spencer Rattler. So natural ability is there. Sick. Love it. Um, but also, as, as we talked about, kind of hashed out you know, the, the, what it all means. thought that he, he can throw with touch and he can throw with Bilo. Uh, and knows the situations in which it's required, and he has to do it. Uh, and, and to me, those are some really attractive traits as a passer. Uh, he's a traditional pocket passer, but he shows that. I think that you got to clean up some mechanics, which makes sense for a guy who's missed a couple of years. Um, so you got to clean up his mechanics and probably get a little bit better at, at managing his pocket and not being too arrogant in his arm. But in terms of a guy with the arm ability to make the leap this year, if you get some of the ancillary stuff right, Corsa Strong can be at the top of that list. Whoo! <clears throat> you don't have a top five. Uh, yeah, I do. Oh? Yeah, I do. Oh. <laughs> and he's higher than he is for me than he is for you, and I I didn't think that that would be the case, but, um, yeah, we're going to hear about him in, in, in a little bit. Number four, I have Malik number three. Willis. No, number, number four for me, I have Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty. You know, Ben mentioned a lot of things that he brings to the table. His athletic ability and what he could do for you on the ground, I think, sets a really nice baseline, especially for where the league is going. We're seeing coaches, and and not just any coaches. I think it's worth saying this. It's the coaches that are on the forefront, right? It's the Sean McVeighs, the Kyle Shanahan's, the 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 Andy Reeds, like these guys who are really changing a lot of how we see success from the quarterback position, they are gravitating towards and emphasizing these quarterbacks who can do more with their legs, who can be a threat with their legs at all times. We just see that that's, you know, it's where the NFL is going. And so I think Malik Willis certainly has areas of his game that he needs to improve when it comes to in-structure ability, especially his accuracy and his ball placement within that. But from what he gives you on a baseline as a runner and also you know, we went over this in the first podcast this week. When Malik just forgets everything and just plays backyard football, he makes some unbelievable throws. Just insanely difficult throws. You highlighted the one where he was sprinting straight towards the line of scrimmage, throws crossbody to a guy that's going to his left, and just hits it absolutely right on the money, which was one of the hardest throws that you can make out of structure. And it's just, you see that stuff all the time. The wow plays... The plays that not many other guys can make, Malik Willis is able to make consistently. And you just got to get more consistent play from him within structure, within the pocket. And 
if you get that, then I think that we're talking about a really impactful starting quarterback at the next level. Uh, you know, we mentioned his journey where he started at Auburn, uh, was an athlete as a recruit, just at that ATH level or label. They brought him in, said they'd give him a shot at quarterback. He sat behind Jared Stidham his first year, and then his second year, he ended up playing third fiddle to Joey Gatewood and Bo Nix fighting over the starting job. And once it went to Bo Nix, and it was very clear that Bo Nix was not going to be taken off of that starting quarterback uh, mantle, then Malik decided to transfer, transfers to tell the whole year. So last year was his first year as a starter at Liberty. He's only got one year starting under his belt. So there's plenty of reason to believe that he can get better if he can. He gives you a lot of those X-factor, wow, can't teach, go be a playmaker kind of things. And so that's why I think that he's worth betting on as well. I got him at number four. So I'm guessing number three is going to be the guy that we we really disagree on then. Uh, do you have Matt Corral at number three? Yeah, I have Matt Corral at number three. Yeah, I have Matt Corral at number six. So I don't, yeah. I don't have him in my top five. Um, I think that... I, I may be getting got by Matt Corral. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to admit that. Uh, but because the peaks are really high and then the valleys are super dumb mistakes, to me, he's eminently correctable, more so than other guys who have I, uh, issues that tend to linger. Corral just needs to learn to check his work post-snap. A lot of Corral's mistakes are like, I'm, I'm positive that I have this, and then he just throws it without double-checking. And to me, that just slow the game down, don't feel like you have to make a home run on every single play. Chill. Uh, if you can do that, I think that you're going to be really excited by the quick release arm angle, quick game approach that he has, ability to run the football, and then the uh, budding deep ball ability, despite the fact that he doesn't have a great arm, he's able to throw with accuracy. He's able to take his chance as well. He's able to move guys with his eyes. Uh, he has some of that pro-level stuff, uh, some of that that – natural quarterbacking, you know, traditional quarterbacking stuff that I don't think a lot of guys in this class have. And so I'm willing to bet on that. That being said, it'll be very easy to get off the corral train if he just continues being a liability on, on you know, a fifth of his plays or a sixth of his plays or whatever it is where he's just making horrible decisions and you're not able to interpret all that out. I think mm-hmm. you can, um, but that that's something that has to be done for him to really ascend to a first-round status. Um, if he can't do that, then you're, you're taking a, a player that can't start in year one and you is back half of the first round, obviously, as, as things are starting to change. But really, that player is like a round two grade. Uh, and so if he wants that round one grade, got to clean up the stupid stuff. I think there's just there's a lot on the line with Matt Corral this year. You know, when we talked about him, whatever day it was, I think it was day two of summer scouting, we went over that there's plenty of things to like. You know, he's got decent zip on his passes. He's got nice form. He could be a threat with his legs. He could pick up some extra yards there. I didn't love his arm deep down the field. I thought that his velocity really started to die out when you got it past 30 yards. Not that he couldn't cork his back back and and, and throw that ball and get it 50, 55 yards down the field. I still think that he can. It's just not like full-blown arm talent like it is for some of the rest of these guys. And then kind of like what you said, he's very much trusting Lane Kiffin right now. And that's what we saw last year. He was simply trusting what was in his ear, the plays that he's running. He didn't quite... It just doesn't seem like he, he he quite understands exactly why something is the way that it is. And if he takes that next step and really understands and kind of masters why play design is the way that it is, I think that you're going to start seeing an even more very confident quarterback. 
and a guy who knows how to deliver the ball where it needs to be and exactly how it needs to be there. And if you do that, yeah, you're talking about definitely a guy who has a chance to go in the first round, uh, as we've seen in years past. But I'm just a little hesitant on him. I I think mainly because there's a lot riding on this year, and there are a couple of other players who, from a baseline perspective of physical gifts, I'm, I'm willing to bet on a little bit more. But Matt Corral definitely has the opportunity, like you said, if he just simply cleans up a lot of the mistakes that are clean upable. Not a word, but I just used it. So we're going with it. I like it, though. I like it. We make up words on this podcast. Then I think that you're talking about a guy who you can have some faith in. Number three for me. Number three for me is Sam Howell. Ooh. Yeah. Number three for me is Sam Howell. Wow, wow. I, 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 I do really like Sam. And I think that a lot of people that you're going to read their rankings and they're going to have Sam Howell at one or two. And people are going to be like, what gives, Trev? Why do you hate Sam Howell so much? What did he do to your family? Nothing. I really enjoyed my time talking to him. I think he's a bright kid. And like I said, he's had a couple of years of starting already. Started as a true freshman. Started all four years of high school as well. Started as a sophomore. So he's got a lot of experience under his belt. And, you know, I really enjoyed where he was going last year. And when I say that, I mean, we know that he's got the arm. We know that he's got the fearlessness. He's a gunslinger. Ben mentioned that he is willing to stand tall in the pocket and deliver the football when pressure is in his face, when he knows he's about to get hit. He understands what he needs to do as the quarterback. And he had a lot of really great weapons last year in his running backs, Javante Williams, uh, and Michael Carter, he also had two great receivers in De'Ami Brown and, and Daz Newsom. All four of those players are no longer there. And so it will be an interesting year to see how efficient he can stay, how much he continues to be aggressive down the field. And if he continues to show strides, even with that next crop of offensive weapons, then we're really talking about somebody who is elevating their surroundings a lot. And that would go a long way. I, I liked the steps that he showed of progress when it came to identifying or at least being very conscious of what the defense was doing but I believe it was it was Howell who I said kind of reminded me of a pass rusher right now in the sense that you have your go-to moves you have those primary things you see but when the offensive tackle takes away your primary move what can you do after that it's about learning those counters which take you from being a really talented player to then an all pro player starting player and impact guy consistently i think that's where we are right now with sam howell it's he he's he still needs to take that step for as ex- for as exciting as he is as a quarterback i still think that he really needs to take that next step when it comes to not only anticipation and continuing to read defenses better which i like the way that he did last year he needs to develop that okay if they take this away from me over the middle of the field where do i need to go with it next and if he just gets better at that we're going to talk about a first round quarterback but that is why he ultimately landed at number 3 for me yeah i had uh i had sam Howell too uh so spot above trev and then uh, that that puts spencer rattler one for me uh, the points that Trent made on Howell, I, I largely agree with. The thing that is most important to me is that in this com- upcoming season, with the four most targeted pass catchers gone, how are you going to be able to elevate the guys that are around you? Uh, you know, the 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 nine ball prayer to De'Ami Brown will still work with Bo Corrales, but it's probably not going to work to the same degree. And that's not how you want to live on your offense. Uh, you have to be able to throw with anticipation. You have to be able to maximize. Yeah, you have to do the little things that take good receivers and make them better or help young receivers grow by giving them uh, the opportunities that they need, the, the accuracy that they need to learn how to work with the ball in their hands, uh, to learn how to run their routes with timing, so on and so forth. And so uh, the big thing for how it will be, were you a product of this offense and these receivers and this recruiting, or were you not? This is the heat check. Right. Uh, if he's exactly as he was last year, he'll go first round. 
I think he's not going to be. I think he's going to take a step backward. I think that's going to invite some doubt as to how much of a win because of player he's going to be in the NFL, where I think really he's maybe just like a win with, or not really win in spite of, but just win while he's there. And that's the sort of player that even if you draft him in the first round and he hits, he's not ideal. He's not optimal. And that's, that's why you get that Baker Mayfield conversation because, you know, that's where the Browns are contract wise. And so, is he just a win with player? That's what I think he is. And that makes him a tough, a tough guy to fully buy in on. This season, you have the team has to win because of him. And I think that that, that ability is there. It's just gonna it, it, it does require a step forward in the caliber of his play. Uh, we will get to the last couple of quarterbacks that we're gonna go over, including who is our number one quarterback going into the 2021 season. But first, gotta remind people that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball is now in full swing. We're midway through the season, and you can track all their action over at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, contest information, whatever you're looking for, head over to that website. Or, like I said, the mobile device works as well. You can sign up today, and if you do, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, whatever it is, if you use the promo code Locked On. All caps, one word, Locked On. Bet online. That is your online sports book experts. And BuiltBar.com, folks, we talked about these protein bars on the last podcast. Right now, they have got exclusive flavors, one of which is Grasshopper Cookie. I could not be more intrigued. You guys have to try this. Just throw it in with like when you're re-upping your normal box. Like if you're just like a peanut butter flavor kind of a person or cookies and cream, whatever it is, get a box of those, but also try out the Grasshopper Cookie because it's there for a reason. People have asked for it. These bars are low in calories, low in sugar, but they're also very high in protein, very high in fiber as well. You can enjoy them morning, noon, and night. Go to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that is LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off of your first order. LOCKED15, 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. Number two for me, since you already said that your number two is Sam Howe, is Carson Strong. <laughs> I, nice. I, I love it. I, I, I am very shocked that I am this much higher on Carson Strong than you are. I thought that he was going to be third at worst for you, but I thought that there was going to be a chance that we both had him at number two. You mentioned a couple of things that he does that's kind of unconventional, how tall he stands in the pocket, uh, you know, how slow his feet are. Sometimes it just feels like he's standing there, but... Man, there is a calm, natural demeanor to him no matter what the situation is. There is some pop off of that wrist. I think that there's good spin and velocity on the ball, whether it's short to intermediate. And I also think that he really knows what he's looking for when he's trying to hit things deep. I think that another year, a step in the right direction for him outside of some of the natural ability that I feel like I've seen from him, both from a mental standpoint and a physical standpoint, means that we're going to talk about a... Zach Wilson kind of rise now up to number two overall who's to say the draft class has to play out to get to that point but there was a lot there were a lot of people who fell for and really bought into that confidence that swagger that way that Zach Wilson played quarterback I see shades of that with Carson Strong as well and I see some natural ability there with him too so I think that he is uh he's he's a guy that I'm absolutely in on to start the season. I'm intrigued with it. I'm going to be rooting for him because he showed me a really cool baseline of a, of a guy who 
I normally am a sucker for. I'll, I'll just say it. I'll say that his his type and his kind of moxie and the way that he plays quarterback, these are the kinds of guys that, that I normally fall for. And so I was in on Zach Wilson. I, I don't mean to say that like before everybody else, but I was comfortable as him with my as my QB2 above Justin Fields. And maybe that's kind of bleeding over into why I see Carson Strong uh, near the top of this quarterback class too. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think we are in agreement of, if there's a guy to bet on to make the jump, I'm 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 putting a little bit of cash down on on Desmond Ritter or excuse me on, on Malik Willis. Maybe I'm willing to do it on Mike Penix as well if he's healthy. But the majority of that bet that I want to make uh, is uh, is on Carson Strong. I think that I would like Strong a lot more as like a top two, top three guy, if he had better movement skills. And I talked about this with Burrow and with Wilson, kind of their rise. The movement skills give you high floor. They help you get out of bad plays. Right now, Strong doesn't really have get out of bad play ability. Um, Not a a great pocket manager, not a great escape artist. And so you have to be so, so good as a passer if you're going to be a pocket passer. And I've said that all throughout the course of this week. And that's why it's tough for me to get fully there. He's really got to dominate as a thrower. And I think that he can. And I hope that he does, but we're not there yet. Uh, and so, strong as a guy I'd bet on, my hesitancy comes from the, the lack of movement skills, which, you know, not to say, like, if you compare him to a guy like Spencer Rattler, because I think Rattler's head above everybody else in this class, but when you look at Rattler, who is, I think, right now a better thrower than Carson Strong, he makes his dumb plays and he has his, he takes his bad sacks. He runs around back there. Like, as I say, he avoids all the negative plays that Carson Strong doesn't, but Rattler's able to create a lot more. Uh, and he's able to create a lot more than Howell, than Corral, and pretty much everybody because he's such a natural, uh, he's got such great field vision. He's a very good thrower on the move. Um, he's an elusive guy. Then when he's operating from the pocket, he has every throw in the book. He's an unbelievable arm uh, when he's, Tethered to the ground, when he's off of the ground, when he's on the move, when he's getting hit, he has the ability to deliver accurately from different arm angles. Like it, he is the real deal, capital R, capital D. Uh, to me, uh, right now, I would make him as the small favorite to be number one overall pick over uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, which I believe is how Bucks currently have it, just because he plays quarterback. And I think even if he doesn't take that big of a step forward, the the the, the weakness of the class plus the constant need for quarterbacks. His physical ability, I don't see how he gets passed on that early. Uh, so Rattler's my number one. Yep. And, and even at this stage, given the arc of previous number one overall picks we've seen, uh, I think Rattler's going to end up number one overall pick. Yeah, I think that that's the safest bet. Yeah, it really is. It, it's it's weird to evaluate him in that offense because it's just so not even real at times. He'll have six seconds to throw, and he'll leave clean pockets just because he can, and everything's so wide open with Big 12 passing play. And you just watch it, and you you go like, this isn't translatable to the NFL. But, of course, then you watch the physical traits pop out at you, and you realize he's got the best arm in the class. Uh, He's got a lot of confidence to his game as well. There's a lot of things that Spencer Rattler needs to do to get better, to be a consistent and and confident starting quarterback at the next level. He's got to improve his decision-making, both when the ball is in flight after well I shouldn't say it like that both when he is reading the field about to let the ball go in flight and also when it comes to managing the pocket managing his space where he wants to set up to throw he's got to improve a lot of those things but history is very kind 
to Oklahoma quarterbacks, especially as of late. Baker Mayfield goes number one overall. Kyler Murray goes number one overall. It's clear that the NFL is in on getting these next guys up. I mentioned some innovative head coaches before earlier on the podcast. We're just we're just gonna see that. That's what we're willing to see is that the, the, these guys are are going pretty high because of everything that they can do and how they could be the quote unquote future of the league. And so I think that when you look at this entire group, though there is a lot of uncertainty, not a lot of polish. I believe is the term that you used when we were talking about it. Spencer Rattler's name will likely be and probably deserves to be at the top, especially going into the season, given how talented he is. I could watch him. I'm, I'm going to watch more. I'm, when we're finished podcast, I'm just going to watch him throw again. Get a little hard eyes. No, you Play can't do that. You got to. You got to move on. You got to move on to running backs. We're doing oh, running backs. Transitions. We're moving. We're moving on. That's a little teaser for for next week. I'm sorry that we could not get to Fan Friday this week. You know, just with Ben's deteriorating health and his schedule and everything that was going on, it just uh, it, it made a lot more sense to kind of push it. Uh, give you guys time for some extra good questions that'll be coming next week. We'll do Fan Friday next week. I promise we won't yes, skip it yes, again. It so we'll, we'll be able to give you that. But before we get to that, we are going to be having the running back portion of summer scouting. So we're going to be breaking down a lot of the top guys in the same format. It's going to be a couple of guys every single day. And then Ben and I will get to our top fives later in the week. And like I said, we'll cap it off. We'll give you guys Fan Friday. I know you'll be clamoring for it. I already got, I already got like, 10, 15 questions from you guys who just DM'd me because you hadn't heard the latest podcast yet, but you were just so ready for Fan Friday. And uh, I'm sorry we can't get into this week. Just if you sent me a message, remind me. Just send me a reminder next week, and I'll be sure to do my best to get the question in there uh, for when that comes around. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.